gonna make this statement. I'm gonna make it right now. Gamescom proves that Xbox is absolutely crushing it. I think they dominated. I think this is just as big as E3. I think they have all of the momentum right now. Don't at me. Don't. Yeah, don't. Okay, <laughs> I won't. He, he doesn't uh, want to hear it. I don't. Yeah. I guess don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No, Jordan, you agree? Disagree? What do you? What do you uh, no, thoughts? I thought it was actually a really good showcasing for Xbox, not only at their conference, but uh, some other games we got to see uh, during. I think it was the Gamescom Night Live. We got announcements for Halo, which is exciting. We got to see Crossfire X again during that same yeah. presentation. Uh, we still have no idea when it's coming, but we got to see it. New hardware. New hardware. Who and everybody likes hardware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spicy, what do you think? Yeah, the Halo hardware, is that what you're yeah, talking about? What do, yeah, what do you think of the custom Halo Elite controller? Uh, it looks so sexy. It does. It looks so sexy. I'm jealous. Ronan, a good friend of the show. Got it? Got one. Ah, son of a bitch! You got one. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was pretty jealous of it, so... It looks so good. If you haven't seen it, actually, I could pull it up. Yeah, well, it's um, the it's the master it's Master Chief's controller. If he needed, know, if he needed a if controller, he needed a controller, it, it would be a it, it, it would be that sexy, one. It's a sexy looking controller. The Spartan Consoles look that. looks good too, right? Yeah, the console uh, looks, the console really, looks good. really good. And we do know the console is coming on the twentieth anniversary of Halo. Yes, November fifteenth, fifteenth. I believe. Oh, it was and I was I was Jordan. saying I was saying I have to have my mea culpa here. I said Jordan was an idiot. <laughs> And was wrong. Uh, I said, there's no way they don't release Halo Infinite on their anniversary. I was wrong. Jordan was right. Jordan's always said December. Early December. Early December. And the re- official release date is what? December 6th? I December think 8th. December 8th? Yeah. December 8th. But the we did get the anniversary release of the Series X Special Edition. Yes. The Special Edition Xbox which is basically a... It's actually a really nice-looking Xbox. I like it. It kind of has... It does look cool. It ha, it, it's, is this one it? This it's, is it right here? Uh, no, this is not it. No, that, no that's, that's not it. it. That's like a fan. Yeah, yeah it's a I fan I just pulled it up, and I'm like, that's not what I remember yeah. seeing. So I don't remember that one. I don't no, remember that it. one. It's kind of has a, a dark top with oh, like, like gold, stars, with stars on it, on it yeah. and then it kind of, as it comes down, it, it kind of gets into the Halo Infinite colors of the uh, gold. That's it, yeah. Yeah, the gold, the black coming with... You know, what would have been a cool bundle, and I mean, obviously... I, I get, you know, why they don't, you know, money probably. But if they bundled the Elite Controller with that, that would have been great. You yeah. know? Yeah, it looks good, though. Oh, but very cool. Now, I like bu- it. No bubble wrap. Yeah, no bubble wrap. Now, Beast does make a good point in chat. He says it's a little goofy to do the Halo console when you still can't just get a regular Series X at the store. <laughs> <laughs> that is well, a good point. Yeah, That's and, fair. And, and now you can't get the Halo console. Now you can't get the Halo console. Yeah. The one thing I do like about this console above everything else is I like that the buttons are gold on it. Do you notice yeah. that at the top? Oh, yeah. That's Instead nice. of being the clear like or the white, it's the gold. Very cool. I like the console aesthetically. Whether you can get one or not, good luck. Um <laughs> What's better than one console you can't buy? Two, Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think the star of the show is the Elite Controller. Yeah, the Elite, the Elite Controller really, looks really so good. Solid. So good. Um, the other hardware we got to see was the Forza Edition controller, which does look really cool. I really like the look of it. It's it's kind of that. Um, it's got that burst of colors on it with the pink and the other bright colors, and then it's got see through in it, so you can yeah. kind of see through the controller a little bit. Very cool controller. Would have been cool if they had an elite version of it, though. Would have been. Yes. Would have been. Cool I, if I actually they had thought when I was version. because I already knew about the Halo controller when I saw this. I saw this after the fact. As they were playing the video, I was like, "Wait, is this going to be an elite controller?" But it it is not. Yeah. Well, what's really cool about so this you one, like this one? 
No, I'm I do. Not, I do like this I'm one. Not, I like it. I think it, the Halo one is better. Ever, oh, no, I think the Halo one is better. Also, because it's an Elite controller. Yeah. But I do like this one. What I really like is they're kind of going for that. It's not, like a retro not, see-through Nintendo 64 controller. Yeah, not vibe. color-wise. I do like the see-through. Not color-wise, but if you look at like they have the grips on the back, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of yeah. the idea. It, I almost get the impression of like a steering wheel, like leather yeah, seats. Yeah. You're gonna you gotta wear your driving gloves Dude, when you're using this controller. They should make a leather controller for <laughs> like full leather. The Xbox. Made by Lexus or something? They made by yeah, yeah, something. Ferrari. Car leather. The Ferrari uh, edition. Red, red Ferrari, Ferrari red leather. And have a uh, analog clock on there. <laughs> so cool. In the middle of it. No, but I, I like the look of this also controller. A I like suede the suede controller would be nice. A suede one could run really fast with your hand sweat, but it would you still be so nice. You have one one midnight launch and it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because of all the Cheetos, Mountain Dew, you're gonna be sweating. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, suede doesn't clean like leather. At least you can wipe it off. But suede, you can get yeah. those leather wipes. Yeah. But uh, no, I I like the Forza controller. I like the see-through aspect of it. I like the burst of uh, bright pink and blue colors on it. I think it's cool. Now, like you said, it's nowhere near as cool as the. Uh, well, I shouldn't say nowhere near. It's not as cool, in my opinion, as the Master Chief Elite controller. Yeah. The well, I think that Forza, I think it doesn't top the blue Forza Motorsport 6 controller. Well, that one was really good. Yeah, that's that, was, that was like That a, was simple, elegant. Yeah, well, this it was a one, very good blue. Do you have the This uh, one, Master I know what they're Chief going Elite for. Controller? They're going for like a Fiesta. Well, I mean, it's on that picture. You no, no, that's not the Elite controller. Oh, it's not? No, no, there's an actual yeah, Master green. Chief it's Elite It's green. Controller. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's I'll so, get it. I'll get it. It's so sexy. Just so I can look at it one more time. Just one more time yeah, before we move on. Yeah. We just got it. No, I, I I like the Forza controller. I think it looks good, but it's not it's not my favorite. I understand what they were doing. I'm not see, I'm not a big fan of the see through. That's it. Yeah, oh, the yeah. see through. Well, I Is like that how they right that's there? it right there, baby. Oh one one seven. Spartan one one seven. All right, describe it for our listeners. It is green. It's got black handles, a gold D pad. Green joysticks and dark one one seven in the buttons. top right, one, and there's one, even some like uh, bullet mark on yeah, it, little like, scratches like the, on the top, and like the gunpowder mark on yeah. it. It actually looks like his helmet. It yeah. is awesome. Now, see, I think this destroys the Forza. No, I do controller. like this one better, and I will admit because it's the Elite controller, I do like the Elite controller better. It's um, pre-scuffed. This is good. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. jeans, pre-ripped jeans. They're like, hey, they're going to break it anyway. Should we just pre-scuff it up? <laughs> Let's do it. Because well, no. that Mjolnir armor is all jacked up. This is a really so, good job on this controller. So that yeah, looks really good. The hardware, it's coming. It is coming. Yeah, very excited. Bef- before, well, can I say what I'm most excited about? I have two things yes. from Gamescom. Yes. So I do think Gamescom... Xbox just absolutely dominated. So many exciting announcements. A lot of PC announcements as well, which that's what Game Pass is about. In fact, they did a whole trailer about Game Pass has PC games. Yeah, they really pushed it. They really did. Even during the Gamescom uh, live night. So I have been playing Humankind a lot this last week, and I've been actually downloading a lot of games from Game Pass on PC. I'm going to be interested to see how Xbox does a marketing push because it's... It's better. The The Game Pass on PC is not gimmick, as gimmicky anymore. At first, it was a little bit gimmicky. They had some good games, but mm-hmm. now it feels really fleshed out. And when you browse games, it's like, whoa, I didn't know this game was on Game Pass for PC. Whoa, whoa. And then you download it. I'm not going to have to say, by the way, Humankind blows it's really good. You like it? I yeah, really, you like really it a lot, like don't it. you? Have you played it, Spicy? I haven't yet, no. no. It is. I've downloaded it. So but I Humankind, it. is. it's a Civilization competitor, direct competitor. Sure. No questions about it. They, I mean, it it's not perfect. Like the same game. It's not. Per, it's not perfect. <laughs> but what it does that I really enjoy is it streamlines certain things. 
For instance, when you start a game in Civilization, you start with a settler, and that's how you build a city. Uh-huh. And then, you know, when you build a city with a settler, you, you lose that settler. When you start in Humankind, you start with an army. Like, this is a, tri- a tribe of people. That's your army. You're and the barbarians, so this is the game through the barbarians' perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so you, you have that tribe, this military force, and you can explore, and you become eligible to build a city by different currencies that are in the game. Um, and when you build that city, you do not lose your military. They treat them separately. And then your city is this separate entity that then kind of works like civilization where you can build stuff within civilization. Mm-hmm. However, they utilize districts really well in the city, so you're improving districts. I don't know civilization does something similar. Mm-hmm. They just stre- it's just streamlined. It takes away they manage to take away some of the tedious things in civilization and streamline it while adding a little bit of complication through their culture system or their influence system rather. Oh, and their culture system. Influence is like the number one thing. Like you want to win a victory with that's not militarily, you can definitely do it in humankind. No questions asked. Uh, And then their culture system. So you choose a culture, you know, just like in civilization, as you level up, you go through different ages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At each age, you get to choose what kind of culture you have. And they'll be let's say 12 different options at this age. And as you pick that culture, there are certain buffs and debuffs that you get from picking that culture. Let's say, I don't know, randomly it's a warrior culture on number one, on age one. Then you go to age the second age and you do a science culture and you get a bonus. Those, those bonuses don't go away. They add, they stack as you go through the different. So this is different than like uh, civilizations government, uh, or is it? It's are like they, a, it's is it almost like a, merger like a combination. The Did they okay. have like yeah. a feudalation? Feu, feu, how do you pronounce it? Feudal. Feudal. Feudalation. That's feudalation. exactly how you pronounce it. Feudalism. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had. They had. Yeah. Because they had all the civilization. You, know, yeah. you had. You could even be a communist if you wanted. You could choose your government. Yeah. Which well, because you, you had all the difference. Yeah. You, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. So they were taking that and combining that kind of merging. Kind of, except for in yeah, except for in civilization when you change your government. You don't keep your past perks in this every at every new age, your be- previous benefits, everything stack. stacks. Everything stacks. Oh, it's so, so you could have this crazy combination at the end. That's completely different than mine. That, that is, cool. I mean, civilization is a very replayable game, but this maybe allows it replayable with in even the civilization you choose structure. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. It, it is very cool. Now, it's not perfect. And there are lots of stuff that Civilization does better, but it's really fun. And yeah. I think as, and mods are going to be a big part of this. They've announced that mods are coming. Yeah. I think this could, in the long run, if they make correct moves, could be the Civilization that we've always wanted. Yeah. But don't deserve. But don't deserve. <laughs> yeah. But we don't deserve. Yeah. The, the civilization we need, but don't deserve. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really, I'm really impressed. So it's on Game Pass for PC, guys. It I just came out. Gameplay. Sorry, David. No, you're good. It just came out really good. But the but that came up because we're talking about at Gamescom, Xbox really pushed this. And I feel like this is part of that momentum. I think Xbox proved that it has momentum. I think mm-hmm. it's, okay, this is going to be controversial. I think. At least perception-wise, momentum-wise, it's king in the current console generation. Doesn't mean that it's selling more. It doesn't mean that it has more games or anything like that. I'm just saying it's just crushing it marketing-wise. 
perception-wise, the games that are coming, the value proposition that's there. Psychonauts 2 just released. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we saw this during Gamescom. Two games that really stood out to me that I'd like to kick this off with. And maybe we should bring up gameplay of the first one. You got it. It's the Doki. The (laughs) The Dokev? The Dookie that is Doki. Doki 5 Dokev. No, it was called Dokeb, right? Dokebi. 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 This game, everybody, from Pearl Abyss. Pearl Abyss, shout out, Black uh, Black Desert Online. And what's their new? Crimson. Crimson Desert. Crimson Desert. That's coming. And now this. It. There is no way to. Uh, it's been described as GTA Babies, <laughs> yeah. which yeah, I think correct. is pretty accurate. Grand Theft Auto Babies mixed with a Pokemon. Yeah. Is how to describe this. I am so stoked for this game. I think this looks. I don't even know. We don't even know anything about it. Nobody does. Nobody knows what it is, what it does. Well, it's as far as we know, it's just. They describe it. It's a Pokemon they describe style it, adventure. Yeah, as an open world action adventure game. If with Pokemon great creature collection. What called Dokavi. With Dokavi. Rugrats in a Grand Theft Auto world with better graphics than you've seen in Insane a game. Insane graphics. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so yeah. good. It looks so. There's so many cheesy parts. There's so many. Like when this when this trailer starts out, you're just like, huh, okay. Well, you know, this must be a filler game. No, it is not. Dude. Dude. The trailer slowly ramps up and just gets you. It yeah. gets you good. Uh, D-O-K-E-V, capital V at the end, yeah. is what it's called. I suggest everybody go watch the trailer if you haven't seen the trailer. Uh, pa- yeah, pause this pause this where you're at and just go watch the trailer. It is so it looks it starts off slow, then ramps significantly, exponentially in awesomeness. And it looks <laughs> it, it looks you could ride a freaking llama. Yeah, there's llama mounts. <laughs> According the trailer it, confirmed a kite it. that he's flying. That's like llama. an electronic. Well, and then kite he does one of those flying. like one of those little the, lanterns the from Tangle. lanterns. Yeah. It's really hard to describe this game. That's why I want you guys to stop the podcast and go watch it. And then you'll understand what we're talking with the xylophone on his backpack. Well, half the times they have like vacuums on their backpacks, and the clothing customization is going to be insane in this. This has got to be crazy. I want to know what engine they're using because this game is one of the prettiest games I've seen. I remember we said the same thing about Crimson Desert. Like it was just beautiful. So whatever black, I don't know what Black Desert. Does anybody know in chat what Black or what Pearl Pearl Abyss uses? Because, wow. I think we can just uh, Wikipedia that, but, uh, yeah. Hey, tell you what, somebody stop this Wikipedia and then message us what it is. (laughs) In a week, we'll know. No, that one stood out to me, and the other one that I'm very, very excited for that really stood out to me, and this is going to be niche, I know, but Crusader Kings 3 coming to Xbox, and not just a port over from the PC, because it's already on Game Pass for PC. It is being reworked. It's been reworked from the ground up for console, console controls. Mm-hmm. And I can't be, I could not be more excited. That game is my favorite grand strategy game. It's, yeah. it's everything you want in a strategy game, everything you want in a grand strategy game mixed with Oregon Trail. Well, they showed off a little bit of the control, like what very, game are you talking very about? tiny Crusader, Crusader King. Kings 3. Oh, Crusader Kings. Uh, yeah. they, they showed off a very tiny bit of like the new controls and they did like they're, and this is good. They're they're they went in and revamped, revamped it to feel good on a controller. Yeah. It looks like so. Yeah, so I'm exciting. super super stoked for those two. I actually did a reaction video to it this week. Come check it out. YouTube.com. Whoops. X1 sorry. Bros. Sorry, sorry about that. I'm again. I, we're just talking about humankind. If you're very much into turn based uh, strategy, grand strategy, humankind's for you. Another one that's going to be for you that mm-hmm. will be legit mm-hmm. on the console is Crusader Kings Three. Look at. They're going over the things. People, 10 out of 10. Like, this is, you could only play this game 
and never have a life. It's that it's that intense. This is the stranded on an island game then for you. This is the stranded on an island game, yeah. With mods, only if I could do mods. Okay, that's fair. With mods. Yeah, you want the, uh, the Game of Thrones mod, yeah, all that. There yeah. is every everything and anything in this game. It is if, See, and this that's my next question. I wonder if they're going to bring mods to the console. Uh, I, I think you want to marry Thomas the train. I think yeah. that, well. So here's the thing. They've, this is Paradox Interactive that does this. Mm-hmm. Paradox Interactive is Stellaris. So for those of you that have played Stellaris and like it, this is Crusader Kings. And what they've done a good job. The console version of Stellaris is not yet caught up to the PC, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. And they've just constantly dropped the DLC, constantly dropped the update packs on console. And it's caught up essentially to. I think they're like one DLC behind now. Yeah. So they've done a really good job. So I would imagine that mods will be available at some. Well, because I know in time. The, the only game that I know that really does mods on the console is uh, Bethesda with the uh, the Fallout and the Skyrim and and well, their and games. Grand so. Theft Auto. Oh, do they do the mods on the console? They're allowed on the console. Oh, okay. Yeah, do them on the PC and then yeah, and then they, download them yeah. via the yeah. So and I guess I mean. Forge mode in Halo, I guess, could be I considered think, mods. I think but. initially Rockstar was very anti-mods. Yeah. Um, well, everywhere, though, weren't but, they? Like yeah, PC console everywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> this is what... If, if then we, they realized if, it was humankind, free labor. <laughs> yeah, as humankind, if we all know something, you can't stop the masses when it comes to the internet. You just sure. can't. It's just, they're just a freight train. <laughs> and if there's, if they, if people want mods on something, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Rockstar eventually released the reins a little bit, which is good for them because I I think mods I know it's it's not I think mods has kept Grand Theft Auto relevant to this day. Well, I think Skyrim. I agree. Well, Grand Theft Auto is still top three all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's pretty much services. because of uh, like Twitch. It's pretty much the because, purple snakes. Uh, like, like mods, like the no pixel mod, where it's the role playing and stuff. Exactly, you know? yeah, that's what I'm just, saying. Yeah. Like the mods has kept if it wasn't for mods on that game you wouldn't have no pixel you wouldn't have that game mm-hmm. yeah. still being relevant and it is extremely relevant 12 years after it's launched yeah so i i think i paradox interactive so far their console support has been on point so i think it's going to be the same with this okay this game suits more in my opinion for controller than Stellaris, and they did a good job with Stellaris. Well, actually. is it because this is more like uh, like Civilization? I think translates to a controller really well because it's turn based. It's you know? turn based, so and it's it's not like there's you don't have to do a lot of zooming in, zooming out, and going around mm-hmm. like you do in Stellaris. Like it's this 3D or 4D world, you know, universe that you got to go around and traverse. It's the intergalactic map yeah. for battle, <laughs> yeah, battle exactly, exactly. Anyways, but, but far more complex. Those, those are just two reasons that got me personally very excited along with all the other announcements. And to me proves again, they're crushing it. I mean, who else is, is, is unable to announce this and it's coming to game pass. Not, it's, isn't this, isn't this the game? Was this the game? That they did a trebuchet on uh, the the Xbox for like I learned more about trebuchets on that Xbox panel than I did uh, ever. No, I think I think that was was that Hen- Henry. No, like the, they, they oh, uh, I learned a, yeah. it was during the it was during the the presentation. They did a whole presentation on trebuchets. Did you guys miss that? I thought it was that was Henry. No, Henry. No, oh, no, or, it was no, it just was just this week. Oh, was it this week? Oh, I know. I didn't yeah. see that one. Was, was it Age of Empires? 
Oh, I think it was the Age of Empires. Like, they didn't give any gameplay for me. They just showed me information about trebuchets. (laughs) So you know how to effectively use them when the game comes out. It was hilarious. It was 20 minutes on... It was like a documentary. I'm watching a conference and I learned it was this is one of the few times, I'll be honest, this is one of the few times I was actually interested in the fluff that they were putting in on the show. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, that's fascinating. They showed me how they showed how it worked, the counterbalancing. They even had people running in the they had a replica one. We was, built the game from the ground up for Trebuchet. Yes. <laughs> I uh, I guess I was the only one that watched that. That was actually really fascinating. Was Beast like, oh. Beast real quick did drop a super chat. Thank you very much, Beast. He says, have you guys talked about the stream deck yet? Uh, I'm excited that you can play Game Pass on it. Yeah, I think that's another. There's another example of why Game Pass has so much value is Steam's. Yeah, yeah. Steam's uh, it's spilling stream deck into Valve. Coming. It's spilling into so, Valve. Which is a uh, big cash cow if you don't uh, yeah. know them. Yeah, so no. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, yeah, Steam Deck is going to be fun. And the fact that you can play Game Pass, mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. level. Next level. So that's mine. Jordan, what stood out to you? Uh, I think there's three things that stood out to me. That really stood out. Uh, one was the Halo Infinite release date. So we'll be getting Halo Infinite on December 8th. That will be the campaign and the free-to-play multiplayer. Unfortunately, I still hits me hard that there's going to be no co-op campaign and no Forge mode. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, that, that does hurt, but I am... That being said, I am still excited to play the game because the multiplayer from what we saw from the tech tests look really fun and I'm excited in the in the coming months to hopefully see just a little bit more on the campaign uh, to see how that has progressed since last year. The other one is Crossfire. Just a little trailer we got on Crossfire dur- during the Gamescom uh, live night with, uh, I think it was Jeff Keighley. We got to see a little trailer. We still, we, it was kind of a campaign trailer. Showed off a couple maps and stuff. We still don't know when it's coming, but yeah. I think that's one of those trailers of, yep, it's still there. <laughs> Yeah. So, but it was. Yeah. I've been really excited for Crossfire. Rogue Company has kind of filled the hole for me because, unfortunately, Warface just never fixed itself. Mm. I guess would yeah. be it. It just, it just, it always. I even went back a few months later. They just seemed to have net code. It was just, I don't know. It just it, it, it. Anyway, so Crossfire. I'm really excited for Crossfire. But the one of the big things is we got to hear just a little bit more information on Elden Ring. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we didn't, uh, to my knowledge, we didn't get to see any I gameplay. I scoured the internet yeah. could not find there video There was the lucky few who got to see gameplay from behind closed doors. The and I would, uh, I would just like to read two quotes from these people. So uh, this one is from Eurogamer. They said, quote, don't think for a second that Elden Ring has gone soft on you, though. This is a From Software game through and through, and what I've seen, and despite the demo leaving me with more questions than ever before, I cannot wait to get my hands on this game come January, end quote. And the other one is from uh, GameSpot. They said, quote, My biggest takeaway from the short gameplay demo I saw is that, yes, Elden Ring is an open-world game, but not the kind that I've become thoroughly exhausted by in recent years it doesn't seem like we're going through the motions of repeating three kinds of side missions in between moving from one designated main story point to another and occasionally being distracted by some sort of meaningless trinket to collect end quote which is exciting because what we can take away from these quotes is the game is still a from software game which is great because I think has from the feel, has there the has, culture. every time a From Software game comes out, there's always talk about, hey, there needs to be an easy mode or there's this and blah, 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 right? I think the game is designed the way it's designed for a reason. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit a little while ago. When, when you defeat a boss and make it to a next checkpoint or make it to a bonfire or whatever it is, 
you feel a sense of accomplishment. It adds to the story. It adds to the lore. I think the difficulty for these games is there on purpose, and I encourage it. And from that first comp, uh, from that first quote that we read, uh, the difficulty is still there, which I like. Yeah. Uh, and I think Mark put it best. The game is not necessarily brutally punishing. It's more of a skill check game. Yeah. You you learn the mechanics. You learn the boss. You defeat the boss. In doing so, you become better and are ready for the next set of enemies that that you know that that can incorporate stuff. But um, very cool. And then the next comment is just glad to hear it is an open world game, which we were all expecting and kind of knew about. But uh, like they said over at Gamespot. It's not your typical open world game. We're not going from and the, the given they they just played a fifteen minute demo, so let's remember that. Sure. But from that demo, he says it doesn't feel like he's just going like oh, and and I feel like sometimes Assassin's Creed falls into this trap where you go do the main quest and then you're just doing the side quest as you know, and they're just, they're just kind of the same thing over and over I again. Think but you're, you're doing Creed. it more for a completionist, completionist rather yeah. than the joy of exploring and, and don't get me wrong of course there's joy of exploring in Assassin's Creed but I feel like they fall into that trap of repetitiveness and more quantity rather than quality of their side quests in, in certain scenarios I think they definitely fall into that trap at Assassin's Creed but uh, this just excites me and we're so close so and close there, there's, a, there's a bunch of other comments from different people that got to see um, the game behind closed doors and really not a nothing not a lot of negative negative. yeah Yeah. it's it's all been it's all been good i like i said again it was a 15 minute demo that was probably very specific to what they wanted those people to see but so jordan from software has the pedigree and i'm excited for yes scale of one to ten excitement 10 10 the most exciting 10 because it it really feels like they're taking the best parts of each of their games and throwing them into this while adding some new exciting stuff spicy for you scale of one to 10 10 10 there are a few game developers in my life that uh, when they release a game i get as excited for as from software Mm -hmm. yeah and they come out consistent they're consistent with their games they release i always feel like the games they come out with are a notch above the previous version of their games and uh, I think here, I think here, what, I'm talking about the the Soul series, yeah, you know, Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro, Sekiro. Thank you. I was, I was thinking of, uh, yeah, but Sekiro is the one I was thinking of. Just good thing of the day. But yeah, they're just they're just top part. They're, it's exactly how I want a game to be in the fantasy style game. It's just gritty. It's difficult. It's hard. It's a clash of frustration versus excitement for improving your gameplay uh to the next level um i disagree with the mindset that there should be an easy mode um we have people in chat that are saying that they would prefer to have an easy mode i disagree with that 100 if you want an easy mode i suggest just watching a playthrough on youtube uh you think that, would t- that takes away kind of the ethos? Well, no, it, it takes away. We talked good. about it a little what while ago. It, great. it, it yeah. takes away the experience of the game. Yeah, you, you don't fear enemies because they're easy. You fear them because they can kill you, right? And yeah. and I know that this is just one example. Have a good, but have having a, having the fear of what's around the next corner adds to the gameplay immersion. Yeah. To have a great hero, you need a great. Back opposition. This yeah. isn't yeah. Star Wars: The New Movies. You can't just <laughs> you can't just go through and 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 save the universe. You you're, there's trial and error, and the, and having that difficulty also, it, it's kind of funny saying this. It's but the hero's journey. It, it grows you as a character, as the player. It grows you as the player, and it grows your character in the game. Like there's it's like a spiritual experience. No, there there really is. There's really a is. there's a connection 
with you as the player and your character in the game, when you beat a boss, you know, not just the relief of beating the boss, but then learning the lore of the boss, it's just, it's, it's very well done. And that difficulty adds to that experience. And I would say, I would add to that, it's an experience that is very hard to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the trend, I mean, the easy games have been a trend for a very long time, and it was always so disappointing to play a game and have someone always telling me, well, why don't you go press that button on the wall to progress further? You know, the, oh, go here, go here, go here. I would like to figure things out. I would like to be stretched to be exercised, my, my mind be exercised as a gamer to, be, to have things difficult, to have that reward of mm-hmm. achieving past the difficult part that I couldn't previously do. You can't get that in games anymore. This is one of the few games that, or the, this developer from software, these are one of the few people you can get that experience from yeah. anymore. Take and, that away and and you don't get the same experience that this no, game not can provide. The same feel. And, just, and just one more example, let's take Dark Souls 3. Uh, and and Firelink Shrine, which is your your main city of the game, if if you'll call it, when you go back to Firelink Shrine, you feel safe. Yeah. And the reason you feel safe is because you fought through a boss, and then unlocked that safe haven. And then when you get ready to leave Firelink Shrine to go, you know, back to previous levels or or progress your journey, you you stock up, you level up. And the reason you do all this is because you know it's it's a journey out there. You know, and I, I just I think that adds to the immersion of the game. And if you take the Dark Souls series series uh, more so than I would say Bloodborne and Sekiro, but the way the story is told is through a lot of the weapons that you yeah. get when you defeat bosses, when you when you find them off the beaten path. And again, that difficulty of getting these weapons, which then teaches you lore about certain bosses who are, you know, you're only fighting some of these bosses that have strength and look how difficult they are. Imagine, imagine if you know what I mean. It adds to the persona of those characters. It's just. It adds to the experience of the game, and that's why I think not having those different difficulty modes is in the benefit of this game in particular. Do you think so? Because how many how many games is from software have now five, uh, six? Will so this be IPs? Demon Souls, Three Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, six. So this will be so their this will be number game. seven. Well, I I mean I Do don't you maybe think, they had stuff before that. Do you but. think? So if you were to go back to Demon Souls, Demon Souls star just came. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, because I was and what's like, funny is is uh, and rough, this man. and this is what makes me jealous. Part of the reason I wanted the PlayStation Five is it's exclusive over the PlayStation Five, uh, and you know, good on Sony for getting that. But they remastered it, and and they were like, well. Yeah, that was broken back then, but we're not going to fix it now. So, I mean, it, was just, it's, it's, it is true, true to the original. Like, it is 100% true, true to the original, original. Oh, uh, which is great, you know, from, from that perspective. But it's it's hard. And I would say Dark Souls 1 is probably the hardest of the Dark Souls. I would agree. Yeah. Really? Uh, because you don't get specific gear that helps early on like you do in the others. Oh, okay. Uh, and the multiplayer sucked. So <laughs> if, even if you needed help, you couldn't really get it. Yeah. But like what he's talking about, I would say the lesser, if you want to enjoy this game at a lesser difficulty, play Multi- with friends. Yeah, multiplayer. Because be the better. bosses and the enemies are balanced to have one enemy. If, oh, okay. If they're looking at you, you have to be very careful. If they're looking at your buddy, you can go right up to the nutsack and start swinging and stabbing as yeah. fast as you can type thing right so and then if you die uh, in your in your friend's world 
doesn't affect your friend. You just fade away. So in in chat, they're talking about um, uh, well, I- people that suck at this game or have accessibility issues will will never have fun playing this game. Um, I I think. And that's the argument I feel like is used a lot when talking about difficulty. I think difficulty and accessibility are two separate issues. Sure. I think accessibility is something, for example, I think someone that has accessibility issues or, or, or you know, has trouble playing games uh, the traditional way can get something, and this is why Microsoft did such a great job, can get something like the adaptive controller and fit it to their needs and still play and enjoy Dark Souls at its intended difficulty. Sure. Can I add um, that? Remember, this game is not hard to be hard. It's a stepping stone up to the next yeah. difficulty uh, skill check. So, so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, anybody can play this game and get better at it and enjoy it. Anybody. I had uh, I had a nephew that started playing when he was nine years old, something like that. Oh, he's like a natural now. Just he has played. This is his favorite game series. Wow! And yeah. at that age, he was able to just try to figure it out to learn. Yeah. It's not a game about difficulty. It's a game about skill checks. You, I remember the first bosses that I played, and I mean, this happens to everybody when you play Dark Souls. It takes a while to beat the first boss. It always does. Mm-hmm. Then you figure things out. You learn. You go, okay, I got it. You move on. If you go back five hours later and play another playthrough or even when you beat the game and play through the game the, the boss is extremely easy yeah because you figured out the mechanics yeah. because yeah. it you are so past that skill check that it's now a very simple when, so do you think it gets an unfair not on maybe not unfair but but an unfair rap that it's just difficult it's not well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it is difficult and and here i mean here's the 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 uh, another common misconception and by the way i mean these are really interesting questions i'm i'm, I'm glad chat's mentioning them because it's a i think it's a good discussion but the common misconception is that like for example i really enjoy this series and i love it i don't go in and just spank every boss because i'm that great at games like mark said it's a stepping stone there has been bosses mark had to come over to my house and coach me through a very specific boss in Sekiro because I, I spent and I kid you not guys I spent three days on it yeah. and this guy this guy was this guy was crazy I can, yeah. but no I, I spent three days on it uh, I was and, a gaming life coach for, for and a and and, bit. I, and I've been there I I got frustrated with the game I turned it off I took a break I I came back and I just couldn't do it so Mark Mark came over and co- he didn't do it for me he coached me through it. And then again, once you once you figure out the mechanics, like if I were to go back and fight that boss, I would do a lot better because I now know what to expect. And, you know, but it that is these type of games. It's a it's a no tutorial game. Well, it's a no tutorial game, but it's a game of of skill checks. And I think that's the best way to describe it. You learn the boss. You're going to die. There's no way around that. There is. I don't think there's any souls player that has not died. It's impossible. It's, it's literally impossible. <laughs> You're going to die, but that is the point of the the stepping stone of the game to learn the game, to learn the skills of the boss, to understand their mechanics, how they move, what they do, sure. and then you as a player so progress and get better and eventually overcome that challenge. So, Rose City Gamer has a good question. He says, "What one from software game should I play prior to Elden Game to Elder Rings uh, to better familiar familiarize myself with this game this genre? play style?" Yeah, in, I, I would say. Can I? Can yeah, I go say, ahead. I would say probably Dark Souls Two. I think that is probably the easiest to pick up and understand and 
go. But isn't it janky? Wouldn't like Sekiro is less janky? Well, because I I think I'd almost say because Dark Souls three is probably Dark Souls Dark Souls sorry Dark Souls two is one of my favorites. I think it has some of the best bosses. Um. Oh, but don't you don't get the dragon shield until after I call him Captain Falco, and you can get that shield, I believe, right at the beginning. I I would almost so maybe Dark Souls three, three, probably three Souls because three. it's the most refined. Yeah, well, it, and it's, you, it's at its. You can start out as a fighter, which is the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it's you have easy gear. The gear helps. Gear helps a lot in that game. Sure, and I think you start out with start out as a fighter. Yeah, and you should be fine for the first couple bosses to get you past the hump of understanding that I, you're going to die. That's w- the biggest hurdle I think people run into playing these games. Is I keep dying. I'm not going to play this anymore. No, it's it's it, and this it, it sounds weird when we're saying it, but it, it really is a part of that that spiritual connection you have between <laughs> yeah. you and your character. The game. It, it's really well. It is a game about souls. Well, the thing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's really one of the only games where I can see myself and feel myself growing and getting better as I progress through this game. It's. It's really well done. I would almost even lean towards Sekiro to play. Sekiro's different than the Dark Souls series, but I feel it's. It's more accessible uh, accessible to a general player base because there's more options, and I'm talking about sneaking. Yeah, but you can't and, sneak past and, the bosses. And the ro- no, you can't sneak past the bosses. And Sekiro does I, have some difficult bosses. Yeah, I mean that the boss even, that, even the, some of the non mini bosses are actually pretty difficult. That's my only that's my only thing because people will play the game fine up until the bosses, and I think the boss yeah. skill that's. When I say skill check, I'm talking about boss fights, basically. Yep. And Sekiro has some pretty difficult early on See, and bosses. I think the reason Sekiro's bosses are difficult, so I think it's it's like a it's it's a balancing act. So in Sekiro, I think it's easier because you have the ability to go around certain enemies and sneak and attack from above and stuff and stuff like that. But I think the boss fights are harder because in Sekiro you don't have a shield and you really need to nail your parries. Parries, yeah. Which I will admit are done better in Sekiro because that's what the game is about. I think parries are harder in Dark Souls, but but in Dark Souls you have a shield, so you can always get like a, that's a hundred. I, you know, yeah. That's so what I'm talking so about. maybe maybe Dark Souls there's, three. There's there's the how some of the gear works is it deals with um, damage negation and as a percentage. And there is the types of damage. There's there's lightning. There's physical. There's fire, etc. Or pyro damage. And in Dark Souls three, you gain a shield right off the beginning that negates a hundred percent of physical damage. Mm-hmm. Which the early boss fights are mostly physical damage. So if you sh- pull your shield up, you take no health loss, which is actually. It sounds very weird, strong. but that's a very strong ability to have initially. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like that one is the easiest one to just start grasping the whole, okay, he yeah. moves this, his movesets are this, I got to dodge this, I need to attack here and not get greedy, back off, dodge, attack, etc. And it just, I know we've been beating a dead horse, I feel, but it just, the experience of beating a boss you've been working on for a week, like... Jordan's oh, yeah. Sekiro. It was three days. All right, it wasn't a week. Hey, okay. right? don't, put, okay. don't put that yeah, on me. I wasn't, I wasn't that guy. <laughs> it was three but, days. Uh, but I mean, when you beat him, how did you feel? It was. Oh, it was an accomplishment all on its own. I don't know if I got an achievement for it, but in my mind, I yeah, did. It like just, it was. It was an accomplishment. Good. And the thing is, is you learn. I learned from it. Like, okay, 
I did I I beat him because of these you know I had to do this this and this and then those mechanics actually help you out later in the game but it, it's just the difficulty of the game it even adds to the world itself because when you jump in this world, you're not Master Chief. You know, you're you're not Marcus Phoenix. You are the lowest guy on the totem pole. You really are. And, and it adds to the scale of the world because you walk in and you see these great castle vistas. And by the way, Dark Souls has, I think, some of the best level design in the business from I software. Because you you see you see stuff in the distance that you think is just the skybox, but it's an actual level that you can go to. And the way they tie all their levels together is fantastic. But with it being that difficult, you you really feel like you're essentially moving up in the world. Like you don't, you're like I said, you're not the big bad in this game. You are, you are the lowest guy on the totem pole, and it really is a journey of you getting stronger it's, and better to go throughout the it's world. It's kind of like a level up system in a game. You know how you get you level up and you can add perks to your skill tree. Imagine not having that, but having that be a part of you as a person playing the game. Yeah. I feel as though Dark Souls or From Software, those games, it is you are leveling up internally as a person because you now gain the skill tree of knowing the specific timing when to dodge this boss. Well, and, and look what this game has done for the genre. I mean, how many times have you heard a new game come out going, it's like a Souls-like game, right? Souls-like. We, what, you wouldn't have that terminology or that genre if there was easy modes. That is true. You, you, you know go. what I mean? There you go. So to, so answer, to answer your question, yes. David... I'm very excited to have another one of these in my life. Very excited. All the way, 30 minutes later, (laughs) all the way back. Uh, Sorry, back to you. No, let's, uh, I do want to, let's go to Spicy about Gamescom, but I want to, let's take a question from Cooper who wrote in. R56 Cooper, he says, some great news announced. Saints Row, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Mm -hmm. gameplay for Call of Duty Vanguard looks amazing. New footage for Forza Horizon 5 looks great as we knew it would. The Halo Infinite Series 2 Elite Controller. Yes, I did manage to pre-order one. Oh, Cooper, congratulations on that one. He wants to know, what are your highlights from Gamescom 2021, Spicy? He's he's directing that question to you. I mean, there's obviously games that I really get excited for. The Halo, of course. I got excited again for Microsoft Flight Simulator when they showcased a lot of the the Top Gun, I guess, stuff and stuff like that. Um, Can I tell... And let me add, Forza looks amazing. I'm really excited about that. We actually watched the Bronco trailer before the show. The pre-show in the pre-show with with chat um and and all that all that fun stuff i'm excited for all that i'm gonna talk about something that i i like to talk about things that surprise me that Mm. i get excited for and they had a section on uh during the xbox podcast it was like their i don't know is their humble bundle i don't know what it was oh yeah they did a humble bundle well humble games are coming to humble games yeah. yeah that's what i'm that's exciting uh I wrote, I wrote these. I was so excited. I wrote them down. Uh, Midnight Fight Express, Flynn, Bushiden, Bushiden, Bushiden. I don't even know. I didn't even know some of these games existed, but they look like a spicy game. Hmm. They look so good. Did you, do you remember? I can pull mm-hmm. them up so you can see them, but I'm really excited by all these indie style games. I love indie games. I absolutely love them. I think they're one of the greatest places for artists to express with less limitation their work and their art and to do things that are a lot more risky in the gaming world than than you can in a call of duty series for example they can take risks they can take risks which i kind of want to talk about psychonauts again too i feel like Mm. tim schaefer does that with every one of his games and if we want to talk about that later we can but i get excited for that kind of stuff so 
I really, really was excited for Midnight. Did you see Midnight Fight Express? Like the animations and the fights and everything. I'm gonna pull that up real quick because it's it really surprised me. Midnight uh, Fight Express gameplay. Let me pull this up so uh, so people in chat can watch it. Um, here, here we go. So. World skip premiere. ahead real quick. Here we go. Humble so games. the animations in these indie games look so phenomenal. Look at look Ooh. at. So Ooh. what for everyone listening? I, I'm sorry that I do this sometimes, but we're watching kind of an isometric view of <laughs> what would you call this? John Wick fighting. Yeah, John, John Wick game. It's a beat 'em up. It's a beat 'em up with guns. Uh, a lot of different art styles involved. These games. Just tease me in the right way. It's a my. It's like a next gen Miami Heat, not Miami Heat. Uh, Hotline <laughs> Miami. Miami. Miami Heat. Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. And it looks so good. And these are the type of games they showed off a couple of these indie games. Um, I did not know much about this game. I still don't. Besides what I'm watching, what I watched here in the trailer, sure. and I just. It just gets me in the right places, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see why. Yeah, it totally looks like a spicy game because it is. I feel like it's going to be a spicy game. So that's what I got excited for. I get excited for the things that I did not know existed that they they tease me with. David, answer your question. Rose City Gamer writes in and says, What's up, bros? So at what point do we declare Xbox is back? After Microsoft owned the Gamescom event, had a killer E3, and now it's clear they will have the only AAA console exclusives out this fall. Can we finally declare that Xbox is back, baby? It's definitely, uh, well, you know, I think they've been back for a while. Yeah. And I think we're just now we're reaping the fruits. I think, we're, I think we are now reaping the reward of them being back. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree. Yeah, I, I agree. It's officially, it's time. Xbox is, Xbox is back. They are back. It's time to declare it. Rose City Gamer, it's official. Decree it. Send out the decree. Xbox let it be written. Let it be said. On let it August be known. 27th, Xbox has come back. <laughs> yes. No, I agree with that. I think that's why. I mean, I think they're crushing it. There's no question about it. Psychonauts. Speaking of crushing it, that dropped this week. We all had a chance to play it. I'll have probably the least articulate review. I'd probably have played it the least. I'm about two hours in. And I was this was a game I was not going to play. I had no idea. I never played the first one. Excuse me, not invested it, not invested in the storyline. Jumping into this game, I was absolutely blown away. A couple things really stood out to me. It it's it rocks you back in a very good way to the Spiral the Dragon uh Crash Bandicoot, those Super types Mario of games. 64. Super Mario 64. Yeah. Those kind of ways and it does it in a modern 2021 way. That's number one. It's it's a refreshing. It's ref, it's a refreshing experience. The story is very good. I'm blown away at the story storytelling on this game. Didn't expect it. The way it looks, it's like oh, it's gonna be silly, tongue in cheek. No, it's a super really good story. I'm blown away at the story so far. And number three, the level design is mind blowing. Literally, literally, I am so I, I'm in awe. At the level design in this game. And this all comes together for me so far. This is the first, first impression. Granted, I'm only two, probably two and a half hours in. To just be a wonderful experience. I'm Now, a lot of people, a lot of reviews are saying game of the year. I would want to complete this game before saying that. But I can see why some people feel it's that way, at least so far. 
it's very impressive. I'm very impressed by it, having no history in this game. I think they also do a good job of catching you up. They have a short little yeah. um, you know, catch-up trailer at the beginning. And then, we funny, we had this discussion about tutorials. I like tutorials that are tutorials. That's what this game did, and they did it in a really good way. This mm-hmm. game just puts you right into the action and teaches you while having you in that action. It's mm-hmm. it's excellent. Very well done. I'm blown away at this game. Uh, completely, completely blown away and impressed. Let's go to Spicy, and then we'll finish up with Jordan. Sure. So I think, I, I mean, I've probably played most of Tim Schafer's game between us three, right? I believe so. I played yeah. full throttle. I play. He, I mean, Tim Schafer is a super cool guy. I've respected him for a very long time. Uh, full throttle back in the 90s. He did Monkey Island with Lucas. So oh. he was a part of Lucas. Oh, wait, did he do Monkey Island? Uh, he was, yeah, he was or on the... was he a part of the team? He was then? part of the team okay. that did Monkey Island. I yeah, think I, that I was, enjoyed Monkey Island. If I, if I remember right, he was... He got a job at Lucas in like 89 or something mm. like that. And then for the next decade. Did the Monkey Island did, one, two, yeah, and three. He was with Lucas. And then in like 2000, he started his, uh, was it Take Two, I believe? Double uh, Fine? They're Double Fine, not Take Two. Yeah, Double Fine. You're right. Thank you. Um, but Tim, so Tim Schaefer is an interesting game developer. If you look at like his pedigree of games, he he makes things different. He's a different outside of the box he's a risk taker he makes i mean look at the art style in this game it's something that i feel like is a it initially is kind of like a turnoff it's kind of like well, a dr seuss looking world yeah exactly um he does things differently and his games have always kind of been that way and i think because of that his sales on games has never entirely been as good as say uh a normal, less risky game would be. Sure. Uh, and I actually think that Tim Schafer does more for the gaming industry than any of those that do not take the risks. I think that he is a person... I I, I would consider him... Have you ever heard of Frank Zappa? Uh, he's a musician from the 70s, 80s, essentially. Uh, he's a name that not a lot of people know. But he has influenced pretty much every musician that's been since. Interesting. He's he and the reason Frank Zappa is that way is because he did things so oddly and differently, and he took risks. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, "Smoke on the Water" by Deep? Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That song is actually about a Frank Zappa concert where his concert caught on fire, and Deep Purple was across the lake watching his. <laughs> His smoke on the water, fire in the sky. It's about a Frank Zappa concert. Zappa Zappa concert. Anyways, Tim Schafer does things so differently and oddly, yet they work on a lot of levels that I feel like he is an influencer in gaming and not a follower. And I am so excited that Psychonauts is getting reviews in the way that they're getting because he has had a tough time of of having, I guess, uh, the popularity that he's had. I mean, the games that he made, like Brutal Legends, for example, is a game that initially kind of, it kind of bombed in a, in a way. It didn't get the sales that it was going to get. Uh, Brutal Legends is similar. I, uh, Monkey Island. Um, uh, Day of the Tentacle is another one, if you've heard of that one. That's one of my Grim, favorite games. Grim Fandango as well. Grim Fandango, yeah, exactly. They're all these games. Psychonauts 1. They're all these games that... 
didn't do as well as they should have. And I feel as though it's because of the style he makes his games that just go. He does things in a different way. His art styles are just slightly different and he pushes things along that are very high risk, but artistically help the entire industry. Does that, get, does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Anyways, I really, I'm trying to get down to I really respect the guy, and it's super exciting to see him do so well and have the, the acclaim that I feel like he deserves. It's been a long time since since he's had a game that, you know, I mean, I think Brutal was Brutal Legends. I believe it was up for Game of the Year or a lot of, he had a lot of people say that it was an excellent, you know, I it was some, it was one of the, his early games. And yet it didn't do very well on sales. And I feel like that's like, it's kind of like Frank Zappa. It's kind of like the jazz it, or not the jazz, jazz music. It's you get, you kind of get a taste for his stuff and then you just fall in love with it. And I think this is one of those examples. See, look how different we're watching gameplay yeah. right now. This is my gameplay. It changes the world. It, he does things differently. The art style is different, but as you play it, you learn to love it and you learn to enjoy it. And I'm really glad that he, that the game is doing as successful as it's doing. I really liked Tim Schafer a lot. I love this game to get into now kind of the review. Uh, I've, I I enjoy it. The game is odd at first. And as you play it, you learn to love, love what it gives you. And there's a collectionist part of it. There's there's the zany comedy about it. It's you can totally tell it's a Tim Schafer game. Well, and the storytelling is amazing. Yeah. But what blows my mind is like, look at this level design. And this is just this is nothing. This is simple compared to what's you're what's, about to what's, experience. What's yeah. ahead? Correct. We're let's watch the, the level Tim's. design. It's it's amazing. It, it it really you can tell it's a it's a masterpiece uh, done by by a master. Exactly, and it's a master that takes risks. Uh, I really, I always, I keep referring to the uh, to the music industry because it's very similar. Um, there's a blues travelers has a song called song called Hook, uh, and that song is literally about the the dilemma of having to make money versus having to create art. Mm. Uh, it is. Do I do I make a pop song and make money or do I do what I want to do and just express myself in the bounds that art has given me and not make money? And it would be financial suicide is what, you know, uh, that song says in the, in the lyrics. But that's what that song's about. It's actually a satire on the whole thing because he does. Uh, Blues Travelers wrote that song in uh, Pachelbel's Canon in D, which is, you know, dun, 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 dun. It's what they play at weddings. And the whole satire on the song is he made the most pop pop song he could think of, and it's probably their most successful and made them the most money. <laughs> and the whole argument in the song is, well, do I, I have to do this to make money, but also at the same time, I hate it because I can't express myself. Tim Schafer is one of those people that I feel has stayed true to his art, and I think he has pushed the craft very, very much. To answer your question finally, <laughs> I love this game. I'm excited to finish it. It is it game of the year? I don't know. I want to reserve it till the end because it's so different. But that's kind of Tim Schafer's charm. Yeah. And I I absolutely I, I'm so glad that he's getting the recognition and this game is doing as well as it's doing. Because if there's anyone in the industry that deserves praise, it's it's him. Well, Game Pass is really 
I mean, helps with games like this because I would have never taken a chance on a game like this. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, correct. And it's it's because c- it's the arts. I don't know what it is. Is it the art style that's a little off putting? You're just well, yeah. I mean, you're it, not used yeah. to something. It like doesn't this. look like it doesn't look like a serious game, and yet it is a serious game with serious mechanics, yeah. and serious level design, and serious storytelling. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, even how the game starts, it has a screen of just so you know, we're gonna be in a comical way. We're gonna be talking about. Uh, what does it say? Mental uh, health, mental issues. health, mental issues. health yeah. issues. Yeah, because I mean this and the way they do it. And the, granted, I know this is the core of Psychonauts. We just I never played the first one, but the way they do it, so tongue in cheek and yet making like a point. You're like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like baggage, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, baggage. Yeah. You're going around or, getting baggage in somebody's head or, or doubts, regrets, regrets. Red, yeah, regrets. regrets. They weigh you down. They weigh you down. <laughs> you know, yeah, drop it's actually, yeah. Jordan, how about you? How how has your experience been with the game so far? What are your um, first impressions? No, I would I would re re, re uh, reiterate re, re, rearrange uh, rearrange reiterate what you guys said. It it's a really fun game. I've again same not played Psychonauts the first one. I think they had like a VR one. Uh, I've not played it, but the the game does do a good job of catching you up of understanding who the characters are. Um, the best thing I can the the best way I can describe this game is it has a personality. Mm. And that's the only way I can really describe it. Like it has its own personality. Like you said, you, you you may be the art style may be off-putting, and even for me, it was kind of weird at first. But as you go throughout the game and meet the characters and learn the story of the game, everything seems to fit. It comes together. Yeah, yeah. it all comes together and fits with each other really well. Now, I really like uh, 3D platformers. Um, I like them more than I like 2D platformers. That's not to say 2D platformers are bad. I just like 3D platformers like like Super Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, you know, games like that. And the platforming in this game is, I think, top notch. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, yeah. When you, you a lot of reviews were coming out saying that this game leans towards its strength of platforming, and that's 100 percent true. And it definitely does have a strength in platforming because it's it's like I said, it's top notch. Um, the story is very well done. Um, the gameplay I think is the selling point of the game, which is that platforming, that yeah. 3D platforming. But uh, it, like I said, the game has personality. It's its own personality. Well, and it's, it's really good. And it, it makes me excited to play other Tim Schafer games. Yeah. You know, what's fun. What it reminds me of is like right here. We're in this hallway for those of you listening. And you're we're walking through this level where we're in this very constricted hallway. It's like a ride at Disneyland. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of constantly. It's just it's just fun. There's so much going on on the walls. What's in front of you, behind you, to the side of you. It's it's really well done. I'm absolutely blown away. Jordan, maybe you can answer this. Rose City Gamer uh, asks, is this an example of Microsoft purchasing a game developer and allowing the developer uh, to reach the full potential of a game that perhaps would not have had the resources to quite get to the, that next level? I think it is because when Microsoft comes in, um, they open up their checkbook. They they give you. <laughs> they not only come in with money, they come in with more and more money. I would like to <laughs> so. reach out to Microsoft right now and just say, "Help us reach our potential." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, I I do think this is. I don't know the whole history of Double Fine. Um, it, when I was kind of reading about them, there there may have been some rough spots in their history, but I I think. Microsoft came in and allowed them to achieve the vision they wanted to achieve with this game. Now, yeah. Yeah. it's hard to say without Microsoft, would that have happened? I, I don't so, know. I, I do think it helped for sure. 100%. We know that Tim Schafer, I believe he's, 
I mean, I'm pretty sure he said this. Um, the fact that Microsoft has just basically given him f- complete freedom. Which is what you need when making games. Correct. You know? uh, I think he was very... Because he went on his own and w- with what happened with him and uh, Lucas uh, Lucas Arts back in the 90s, that's why he started his own company. I'm pretty sure the reason he allowed Microsoft to, to purchase them is because they basically said... We'll, leave we'll pay the bills. You make you make you make your thing. Yeah, yeah. And I so I well, was, they they saw the potential in him in his studio. Right? I'm, well, know? he makes he makes brilliant games. He really does. Mm-hmm. And they're not games that are cookie cutter games that everybody just follows in the industry. He's he's a trendsetter. He mm-hmm. he is he's very good. And to have somebody like that under Microsoft, that's what I think. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a Phil Spencer move or what the details were. But when they got Tim Schafer, were we at that E3? We were at that E3 where they announced Double Fine Studios and he was it on was, stage. I mean, everybody got excited for, you know, Crossfire X or whatever was yeah. going on. But that was really, I was extremely excited to see that um, and nervous at the same time. Well, is this a corporation going to buy out a company just to yeah. crush yeah. something? And no, it, the relationship is you make your art. And the relationship well, is you're a great game developer. We need great games. On well, what's, what what excites me is so right now. Uh, so the purchase of Double Fine Studios was kind of after development has already started. Correct. On Psychonauts yes. 2. So Psychonauts 2 is cross platform right now. It's on I believe it's on PC. It's on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. Um, now, if you're on PC or Xbox, you do have Game Pass, which is the benefit uh, it has towards Xbox. But now that Microsoft has Double Fine Studios, what's their next project going to be? And you know that that one will be exclusive. You know what I mean? This is just this is an example, I think, of a good purchase of a studio that will now deliver at at least, you know, if it's if it's half as good as this game that will deliver very good action platforming exclusives. You know, if that's what Tim Schafer wants to do or maybe he's going to do something different. He's the he's the brain behind Monkey Island and Day the Tentacle and Full Throttle and Brutal Legend. Uh, He can go wherever he wants. Duro, a.k.a. Ryan, says Hellblade 2 will uh, be incredible. Sorry, and Brian F. before that, in response, that was him in response, sorry. But Brian F. said, uh, in the same vein, Hellblade 2 should hopefully fulfill their vision yeah, as well. exactly. I think that's yeah. a, a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there you go, guys. Uh, if you are in gaming burnout, if you... You, you, I feel like you're about to start an infomercial. Yeah, if you know, really, if you're <laughs> looking to get back to what made you fall in love with games in the first place, I really do believe Psychonauts 2 is that game. It's refreshing. It's it's fun. It's zany. At the same time, it's just a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible level design. That, that's what really stands out to me. It's like, wow, how did they think to put all this together and make it work this way? Blows my mind. That's good. I'm really excited to consider this a game of the year as soon as I beat it. <laughs> yeah. In the running. Man, what, talk about there's just so much. Xbox really is crushing it. We're going to say yeah. it again. It's the theme of today's show. Xbox is crushing it. Well, it's Game Pass is crushing game it. Game Pass is crushing this it. This game is on Game Pass. Look, I'm going to go home and play this. I have this to play. I have Humankind to play. Which guys you got to play? Well, yeah. and the thing is, is yes, like, like we said, this game is multi-platform. It is on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. But not only is it on Game Pass, which is 
part of your subscription. It's also the best place to play on the Series X because you console wise, because I believe the Series X is 4K 60 frames. And I think the PlayStation 5 currently is doing a backward compatibility version. So it doesn't have as high as resolution. So, I mean, I think. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure if you want to look up because you can look up all the different console stats of it. I'm pretty sure that's how it was. Uh, So it just goes to show that that I, I think Microsoft is serious about games and yes, this one isn't technically an exclusive, but they now own the studio that makes good games. And, yep. and it's exciting to see what this studio in particular will do for the future of Xbox. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, has any of us, Duro has asked this multiple times in chat, and it's a game that I actually, I'll be honest, I haven't tried out yet because I've forgotten about it, but 12 mm-hmm. minutes. Has no, any of us tried out 12 minutes? Duro, I've, I've heard a lot of good things, my friend. But I've not played it either because I've been playing Psychonauts. <laughs> because I, yeah. well, but it came out before, I know it came out before Psychonauts, but I was, I was playing Tarkov before that. Yeah. And now I'm playing Psychonauts. So I, I think I'm after I beat Psychonauts, because my goal is to beat Psychonauts by the end of next week, because it's yeah. only about a 10 to 15 hour game. So I think it's an achievable goal. After that, I, I do want to jump into 12 minutes because I've heard a lot of interesting things. Whether the, I've heard kind of both sides, but nonetheless, I've heard that it's interesting and it's kind of an experience I want to go through yeah yeah there you go everybody that'll do it for us for this week thank you very much for tuning in thank you for listening that's it folks that's That's all all we got uh we would like to encourage you please head over to uh, our youtube channel youtube.com forward slash x1 bros subscribe to us there uh if you'd like to support us you can become a member there that supports the show a member is like becoming a patreon supporter only on youtube uh, you can also rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. Stitcher. Also, we record live, uh, so you can catch us every Friday evening. Each and every single Friday. Uh, the show. We have a chat. Uh, actually, chat influenced our show quite a bit yeah, today. today so quite thank a bit. you very much. And we are live on Wednesdays. Oh, and Jordan, Jordan plays games. streams on yeah, Wednesdays. We, we check out games. If I haven't beaten Psychonauts by Wednesday, we'll be playing that. If I have, we'll be playing 12 minutes. Ooh, there we sure. go. There we go. Anyways, that's us, everybody. Thank you very much. We've got a big couple months coming up. It's really it's actually intimidating. It's extremely intimidating. It's week after week after week up until December eighth. <laughs> and then, so and then we just haven't it hasn't been announced until any games. We need to that, take yeah. like three weeks off and we just play games. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. That sounds like a great idea. Let's yeah. do it. See you guys. Have a great week. Yeah.